There's a shakeup in Arizona politics after a bribery was caught on tape. Now the Arizona GOP chairman is resigning. Kelly Ward, while she joins us, to sound off. Illegal aliens are flooding into our country, and Texas Governor Greg Abbott is pushing back. Wade Miller joins us to discuss. The Department of Injustice has just succeeded at weaponizing the agency against Trump officials. Peter Navarro is now heading to prison. We'll tell you the latest. All that and more on The Brianna Morello Show. The Biden border crisis is an absolute humanitarian disaster. And Democrats don't care. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. Alejandro Mayorkas didn't even know how many had died because he didn't care. When I brought 19 senators down to the border, we saw a man who had drowned floating in the Rio Grande. Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands upon thousands of children were brutalized and sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands of women were sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats do not give a damn. Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses from Chinese fentanyl flooding across the southern border, and Democrats do not give a damn. Now, you may say, well, come on, that's harsh. They care. They care. Somewhere in their hearts, they care about all the people suffering and dying. Baloney. Because if they cared, they would stop it. If you cared about the children being raped at the border, you would say, no more. When Joe Biden came in, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. He inherited success, and he deliberately broke it. U.S. Senator Ted Cruz is fired up, and rightfully so. The border chaos that's being led by the Biden regime right now has many of us on edge. Now, the Supreme Court ruling, which we've been discussing all week, allows Border Patrol agents to cut the razor wire that, you know, the state of Texas has implemented to stop these people from entering illegally. Now, as of right now, Border Patrol hasn't been able to cut the razor wire because the state of Texas has not allowed Border Patrol on these pieces of property that are around the Eagle Pass area. And so it's kind of a standoff right now, ultimately. It's all very interesting. Texas says they're holding their ground. AG Ken Paxson is also saying that they're going to hold their ground and are not going to give in to this. They're going to keep fighting to keep Texas secure, which is their constitutional right, and rightfully so. I want to bring in somebody who knows a lot about this issue, and his tweets lately have been very insightful. Let's bring in Executive Director of the Citizen for Renewing America, Wade Miller. Wade, thank you for joining us today. You have put out some great tweets on all of this. It's been very insightful. CRA has been working hard to also help Texas kind of push back. Uh, An amicus brief was filed in the Fifth Circuit. Can you please tell us for our audience who aren't attorneys what this means and what you guys are looking to do? Sure. And, and thanks for having me on the show. And I'm not an attorney. So if I, I think I can grasp it, I, I'm hoping that others will too. Uh, we've been working on this idea of a state declaring an invasion. Uh, so under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the United States Constitution, there exists basically a self-help uh, clause of the Constitution that says that if the federal government isn't upholding its Article 4, Section 4, uh, uh, duties to secure the states, uh, then governors have powers to then step in and do what they need to do to do so. And the language is, you know, to repel an invasion or uh, uh, prevent imminent harm. 
And I would certainly argue that, you know, cartels uh, fit. Um, Thomas Jefferson thought that this power enabled states to uh, combat smugglers. Sam Houston thought it uh, empowered the the, uh, state of Texas to combat cross-border Mexican bandits at one point in our history. So this power exists. Biden is not uh, actually using uh, his authority to secure the border. He's intentionally not. And so we would argue that this is in play. And so this is what we've been asking since we developed this legal theory a couple of years ago now. Myself, Ken Cuccinelli, and, and some others developed this, this theory of, of how to, to get this done using a constitutional authority and to create this friction with the feds. That's now finally coming to fruition. And we were uh, you know, really happy to see Governor Abbott unequivocally say that what he's doing on the border is authorized under Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution. So he's invoking his authority. Uh, The Supreme Court has not yet litigated this. Uh, uh, The Fifth Circuit has not yet litigated this. Uh, But but importantly, it matters, what are they doing with this authority? So right now, they're, they're putting up razor wire, and that deters, but it doesn't repel. And so migrants will just go around the wire or cut through it. And then once they're through, the state of Texas still processes them, um, turns them over to the feds, and then they get released into the interior. A new law will come into effect soon where Texas uh, will start arresting for criminal trespass, but there's not enough prison or jail space. So uh, that's not a permanent solution. Once the, those spots fill up, they'll again turn them over and release them into the interior. The next step to this is we need Governor Abbott to actually take people who are illegally crossing between ports of entry and put them back across the river. And this is the important action that needs to take place. Once Governor Abbott does that, under an Article I constitutional authority, that precedent, if you win, changes the entire border situation forever. It means that it doesn't matter who the president is states can then take it upon themselves to lock down and secure their borders, protect their citizens. That's the precedent we need to get to. So Abbott is taking some strides towards that, applaud it, but it also needs to be legally defended. And so the Fifth Circuit filings by the state of Texas so far don't list this. They don't actually defend the constitutional argument. They're defending on other grounds, uh, so we need the state of Texas, the attorney general's office, to expand the defense of, of Abbott's uh, actions to in, uh, encapsulate the Article One powers. Because if we can win this at the Fifth, Fifth Circuit, win it at the Supreme Court, border security, this will be the biggest border security win in the history of the country if we can get that done. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, and that's why you're seeing so much... Uh, uh, agitation from both sides and moving forward here. And of course, the left is going to say this is rebellion. It's not rebellion. It's a constitutional authority that the governor's acting lawfully. Um, And then the other argument that you'll see out there is that, well, this is immigration law is kept is allowed only for the federal government. Well, maybe, maybe not. I, I disagree with it. But and you can litigate on those grounds. But a U.S. constitutional authority is superior to any immigration issue. So what we're arguing on the border right now is not immigration law. It's a constitutional authority. So we're not saying things like deport illegal uh, crossers. We're saying repel, uh, remove and repel, because deportation is an immigration law term. And we're not talking about immigration law. We're talking about a U.S. constitutional power. So there's a lot going on on the border, a lot of great developments, but we need to see more action from the governor. 
and what we encourage him to do so. And we need to see more action from the state of Texas on defending it on, on those legal grounds. Yeah, I know a lot of us have been critical of Governor Abbott regarding his response to all of this. Now it seems to be like he's stepping it up, but he's had three years so far. So it's refreshing to see. I, I hope he does take the steps that you recommended. I want to talk about a tweet that came up earlier today, and I chuckled a little bit when I saw it. It came from Robert Francis O'Rourke. You might remember him as Beto O'Rourke. That's what he goes by these days. But ultimately, he's telling Joe Biden to federalize the Texas National Guard. He says it's possible that there's some legal groundwork to all of this. Uh, Wait, is this something that you've heard of before? Because he kind of caught me off guard with this argument. I haven't heard this one yet. Yes, we anticipated that the Biden administration might do this. And we've laid out, I have another tweet out there that walks through how the state of Texas can combat this. Um, I'd need the constitution in front of me. Uh, there's there, uh, and, and the statute, the relevant statutes in front of me, actually, there's three conditions in which a president can overrule a governor and federalize the national guard against the wishes of a governor. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, part of this is one of those is that there has to be an invasion. So in other words, Biden would have to admit that there's an invasion at our border, which justifies then what Governor Abbott is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that puts them kind of in a catch-22. Uh, there has to be, you know, there's other conditions that can be met, like they don't have enough personnel to enforce the law. Well, th- they do. Uh, they're just not, they're intentionally not enforcing the law. And then there's, you know, another clause, and, and none of them actually are satisfied. So we would encourage Governor Abbott and the state of Texas to ask uh, the president under what grounds is he federalizing? Because if he's saying there's an invasion, then they've kind of they're going to catch 22 at the federal level at that point. Uh, and, and if it's another reason, I don't think that they'll that, that will withstand actual scrutiny. And then if it's on those grounds, I think that the state of Texas should sue. But I think the state of Texas is in a really good position to resist the federalization of the national of their national guard units, and also make Biden kind of have to uh, admit that there's a problem on the border in the middle. So because it all pertains to securing the country and either way, no matter how you slice it, Biden's going to have to admit that there's a monumental problem on the border, which they've been unwilling and and resistant to do so, so far. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he's changed. I mean, if you look back at, at old sound bites of him previously from years ago when he had, you know, when he was saying, I guess I would say, uh, he used to be against these types of things. And it's also strange because, you know, former President Barack Obama deported the most illegal immigrants, three million during his time in the White House. I want to play this clip from Joe Biden back in 2007, because I think it's telling. It's him pretty much being honest about the word sanctuary cities, the term sanctuary cities and what it actually means here in the United States. So we're going to play this clip and I'm going to get your reaction on the other side of it. Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state. 
that imposed the similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing so, Senator law. Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. Okay. Oh, how times have changed because he ignores federal law all the time. Your reaction to that clip? Well, I mean, this shows you just how radical the left has become. Joe Biden and most of the modern Republican Party has shifted way left. Uh, And then in that, that vacuum, you've seen most of the Republican Senate has moved into being basically liberal, uh, moderate uh, Democrats. And and they sound like what Joe Biden sounded like 20, 30 years ago. They say the right things, uh, but they're not actually going to like stand up and fight for it. And, uh, you know, it shows you the entire shift. And we need Republicans to stand up, conservatives to stand up and actually push back against this administration and not just try to become Democrat light. Uh, But, uh, you know, who do you have a negotiating partner with when there's no longer this uh, last vestige of what you would consider conservative Democrats? The entire Democrat Party has become woke. They're all uh, woke uh, uh, Marxists, and they, they have no interest in actually having an honest conversation about securing the border. So this is why I think, uh, you know, there, and by the way, there's not even the pretense of trying to fix the border. They don't want to fix the border. They intentionally want to have it wide open. They intentionally want to have millions of people who have to come here who do not believe in the founding of the United States, who are not educated and steeped in its traditions and values and mores. Uh, They want them to come here to remake the political landscape of this country. Uh, And by the way, it's not a controversial thing to say that because they admit this. They admit this all the time that that's what they're trying to do here. Uh, And so they're bringing people with a different political ideology. It's not about race or sex. Uh, It's about people with different political ideology. And so we we exist in this political environment where Republicans think that they're going to make deals with Democrats. They're not. And so this is why states have to stand up boldly and actually resist the actions of the Biden administration and do so with novel ideas and, and using constitutional authorities. Uh, you know, red state stronghold policies, as, as I call them, and think of ways to start pushing back and actually creating moments like we're in right now, where you have a state creating a, a point of friction with the federal government. And it's a little bit of a standoff. And, and this is a, not a war. We're not on the precipice of a civil war, but we are on the precipice of states reasserting their authority and standing together and telling the federal government to go pound sand. They're going to do what they need to do to secure their own borders and their own communities, especially when the president of the United States will not. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why this is so important for states like Texas to hold their ground and to get the support of other states too as well. I want to jump into a story that we've been covering for a couple of weeks now. It's really caught our audience's attention. And uh, just recently, Senator Blackburn, Marsha Blackburn, has actually sent a letter to Veterans Affairs regarding this story. It's regarding illegal immigrants getting services from the VA. Now, as, a, as outrageous as that sounds, it seems like it's true. The VA claims it's just they're helping other a- agencies like DHS and ICE get reimbursements for medical services regarding these illegals. 
But that was not the original report that Fox put out there. They were saying that they were getting like actual services. So although the VA is kind of downplaying it, a lot of our U.S. senators are deeply concerned. I want to play a soundbite from uh, uh, U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville. He was on our show earlier this week, and he's put forward a piece of legislation that would put an end to all of this. So let's take a listen. Committee. We have spent billions of dollars trying to help the veterans. We have 19 million veterans as we speak in our country. We can only treat 9 or 10 million because we don't have the facilities. So what we've done is we, in the rural areas, we put what we call community care systems out in the rural areas where if you're a veteran and you have something wrong with you, you don't have to drive three hours to a VA. And so it's the best and it's the right thing to do. We need to take care of our veterans. Well, just because Joe Biden said He's president and he, by executive order, he says, hey, we need to help these illegals. Uh, so we've got these new community care systems. Let's just let them use it. Let's let them, let's treat uh, uh, these uh, illegals with health care. So what happened? It kicked the veterans at the back of the line. The lines are just as long again. It's wrong. The American people need to know this. We're going to keep harping about this. But I've got this bill that Schumer won't bring to the floor saying, hey, don't spend money on illegal health care and take veterans and kick them to the back of the line. It's wrong. And it's wrong. It's a great piece of legislation. But unfortunately, like he stated, Chuck Schumer won't let that make its way to the floor. Is there anything Republicans can do to kind of put an end to this, do you think? Or do you think we're just going to have to deal with the fact that our VA, which is already hard to get medical services from, are now going to have to also service uh, illegals as well? Well, this is why Speaker Johnson needs to use our uh, spending uh, uh, opportunities as leverage points to push policy riders through. And so far, unfortunately, uh, Speaker Johnson has essentially given Democrats the easiest path forward, um, not use them to really uh, uh, as leverage to secure any significant policy wins. We will have an NDAA process. Uh, The House would be wise to make sure that their NDA uh, baseline bill has language preventing, uh, you know, uh, the expenditure of money uh, uh, for this respect. And then as we're going through, you know, next year's uh, spending process, uh, the appropriations process, uh, you know, the the funding authorities are up in March. Uh, At that point, we will have another spending fight uh, and there's going to be a conversation about how to fund the government for the rest of the year, are they going to do a long-term CR? Are they going to do a short-term CR? All of these are leverage points to either secure the border, uh, fix the VA, uh, 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 defund woke and weaponized bureaucracies. They need to do all of this. And uh, it's important that Speaker Johnson get serious about using this uh, uh, to, to fix these types of problems. But you know, the, the, the left is going to say that it's not happening. I tend to believe that it probably is happening. And I, I'd like to see more reporting and more FOIAs to get information on what's going on here. We know at the very least they're sharing a payment system. Uh, uh, but look, we have an unprecedented amount of people coming across this border. Uh, the Biden administration is going to become increasingly desperate to figure out how to provide health care for all of these people in, in ways that communities can't because they're overrun, uh, that the private health care system increasingly is, is, is unable to provide and existing, uh, you know, government-funded uh, hospitals uh, aren't going to be able to provide. And so, of course, it will be only natural at some point, even if it's not happening right now, which I do think it is, uh, that they're going to start looking at the VA and saying, hey, we have excess capacity here 
uh, and, and waiting rooms and, and, and minor emergency rooms, and let's see if we can get them healthcare there. That's an inevitability at the very least. So it makes sense to start pushing on this right now. And look, you know, my response to the left would be if they're saying that this isn't occurring, then then what's the harm in passing legislation to make sure that it doesn't occur? Okay, because if you're saying it doesn't happen, then we should have everyone co-sponsor this bill and pass it. And Speaker Johnson should put them on their heels and force them in, in dynamics where this has to happen. And we force a vote on it on a consequential piece of legislation that requires uh, otherwise Democrat support. Because otherwise, if you get a show vote, let's just say that they just put up a, a, a standalone bill on this. You might get some Democrats to support it. You might not. But it's going to go nowhere because there's no leverage behind it and or reason otherwise for the Senate and the president to take it up. You have to attach these things to, to spending bills or other must, piece, uh, must, must pass pieces of legislation. And so far, again, Speaker Johnson has been surrendering all of these leverage points to the Democrats and letting them off the hook. Yeah, yeah. Speaker Johnson has been a major disappointment. I know when I try to reach out to his office, it's 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 not going well. And it's it's so strange because I had high hopes for him. So I really hope he turns this around. We really need him in this right now. Wade Miller, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for everything CRA does. We really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed that interview, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, please give us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. And leave some feedback in the comment section as well. And well, we're getting canceled on YouTube already. We already got our first strike and we're suspended for a week. So if you're listening on other platforms and you want to stay in touch, make sure you head over to my Substack page. It's free. Just enter in your email address and you'll get all the important notifications. We won't spam you, I promise. And if you're wondering how to do so, well, go over to briannamorello.com. That's briannamorello.com. You'll find my Substack page, my Rumble page, and all of my important social media platforms. And again, my Substack's free. So make sure you take full advantage of it. We'll be right back, guys, with more Brianna Morello Show. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna.
There's been a shakeup in Arizona politics, and that's because of a new leaked audio recording that shows the Arizona, I guess we should say former Arizona chairman, his name, Jeff DeWight, he is on audio recordings pretty much trying to what it appears to be bribe Senate candidate Carrie Lake. Now, the audio recordings are a complete bombshell. Most of us kind of speculate that this is going on in our politics, but we don't really have it's the back claims, but we do now. And the former chairman, well, he's not very happy about these audio recordings. He doesn't want you to hear them. He resigns yesterday, and his letter of resignation is pretty punchy. In it, he is pretty much going after Carrie Lake for recording his resignation, which I found interesting because I saw an interview earlier from today where Carrie Lake is saying that he didn't want to have this conversation over the phone. And that's your first red flag, people. When someone says we don't want to, you know, have this conversation over the phone, we want to have it in person, you probably should protect yourself. But Carrie Lake released the audio. We don't know Carrie Lake released the audio. I shouldn't jump to that. The Daily Mail released the audio recordings. And ultimately, this this former chairman is ripping all of them a new one, pretty much blaming Everyone from Carrie Lake to the former GOP chairwoman, I guess we could say, or the, the he, he kind of states that he was in a situation. Our party was in disarray, financially unstable. He says the organization was weak. And then he goes on to talking about how it lacked momentum. And he kind of just makes it seem like he stepped into a really bad situation. So let's play the audio recordings that were revealed by the Daily Mail. And then we'll get my reaction on the other side of this. Is there a number at which I can be bought? That's <laughs> what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. <laughs> no. 10 million, 20 million, 30, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even. That anybody would think this is... I, I, no, to be fair, even me, even me, I'll say this. I want a fresh face right now for the reason that I've never seen anyone. I can't think of a single person in a federal race who's lost, ran in one. can't mm -hmm. think of it. If you can think of it, let me know. I am not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. So what's going on? What is... I'm assuming this is our friend... Uh, this is this is this is back east. They there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. Of oh no, sentence. they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So this conversation never happened. Th this is crazy, though. They should want me. I'll get myself in trouble. This, if you if you, if you say no, which is fine, it's your choice. Don't tell people. I they're gonna have try to have me murdered. <laughs> I'm not willing to accept that. Then I'm going to be the biggest pain in these people. Go back and tell them that. I'm running, and I'm going to be the biggest pain in their. And I'm willing to tell them that. And they're going to have to kill me to stop me. I mean, that's an incredible campaign video, I must say. It costs you nothing, and you're literally telling them that you're going to fight for the American people at all costs, and you don't care what the indiscreet threats kind of get thrown your way. You don't care about those. You can't buy her off. And that's what we want from our elected officials. We want people who are just like Carrie Lake. America first. That's what we're looking for.
I want to bring in a woman who has a lot of experience with the Arizona GOP, the former chairwoman of that state's GOP party, Dr. Kelly Ward. Dr. Ward, thank you for joining us. This audio recording was a complete bombshell. It caught a lot of us off guard because we heard Carrie Lake's claims prior, but she has the audio recordings to back it up. Now the former chairman is resigning. His resignation letter was was a bit much. Your reaction to all of this that's unfolded in the last couple of hours? Right. Uh, you know, I don't just have uh, a lot of experience with the Arizona Republican Party. I also have a lot of experience with the swamp. Um, you know, I got into this as a as a physician to go fight Obamacare at the state legislature. Ended up fighting against, I think, one of the biggest swamp monsters that has ever existed in our time, and that's John McCain. He was the king of the rhinos. He was the king of, hey, I know where the bodies are buried, and I'm going to pressure you, and I'm going to take you out. Uh, he told one of my friends, he, the gloves are off, and he was going to slice and dice me. He was not a nice person. And the people that are trying to get to carry are not nice people. I don't know who they are, but I can tell you that they are not nice. And it was completely and totally stupid for Jeff DeWitt to take this to her and act as though he's a mob uh, henchman coming in to offer her the thing she'll do it. But if she wasn't, she was going to face the consequences. Um, it, it's, the, it's the dark underbelly of politics, and in this case, of the Republican Party. And I, for one, am so glad that Carrie Lake and others, me, you know, uh, Abe Hamaday, um, President Trump, that we are a lot on that fact, that it has existed for far too long, and we, the people, are taking control again. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad because we need people to come forward and to state what's actually happening behind closed doors because the American people are fed up with the corruption. They're fed up with all these politicians being bought off and being bribed and being, you know, threatened. We want to hear it all and we're ready to hear it all. And so, you know, whoever recorded that discussion, I'm excited for whoever did it because this needed to happen. Now, Jeff DeWhite in his resignation letter pretty much throws some shade. Now, you left your position last year. And in this, he says that the party was in disarray. He brings up finances. He brings up that it was unstable, uh, lacking momentum. What's your reaction to that? Because that's not what I've heard from those who I've spoken to on the ground in Arizona. Right. I mean, it's total gaslighting on on Jeff's part. Um, you, everything that he said is what's happened since he took over the party. When we left the party, we left him with three months of operating expenses. We left him with a robust fundraising apparatus that was in place. The best, uh, one of the best, if not the best, digital fundraising uh, for a state party, as well as mail fundraising program that took four years to build. And as he got in and his people that were with him, there's a, the treasurer is worse than Jeff DeWitt. Let me just tell you, ran for Congress. He's terrible. His name's Elijah Norton. Um, they systematically dismantled that whole apparatus that was in place. They they didn't bring the staff on. The, the, uh, the staff that was with me stayed for Four, you know, three, four weeks. Then they brought in their cronies. They br started bringing them in. I don't know where they were getting money to pay these people because they really weren't raising money. But I had high hopes for Jeff. I thought that he was going to be a 
what he learned as our state treasurer and as a, an instrumental part of the Trump apparatus, at least he claims, um, and put that to work for the state of Arizona and bring things together. Instead, he shut the door to me. He shut the door to the people that supported me. And he thought that by attacking America first and attacking our America first Arizona Republican Party that we built over four years, that he was going to be able to somehow springboard to some kind of success. I guess with people like Karen Taylor Robeson um, and other uh, people who have exposed themselves as not real Republicans, fighting for Democrat priorities, everything from uh, life to guns, um, being on the wrong side of those issues. And he thought that he was going to capitalize on stepping on my my reputation and on my back. And I was glad to lift him up. I'll just tell you, he could he could step on me. I wanted to lift him up. I wanted him to be better. But he proved what kind of person he was by trying to bribe Carrie Lake. Yeah, no, he did. He did. And a lot of Americans, first off, Dr. Ward, you've had, I, I talk to people in Arizona all the time and not a single person has ever said a bad word about you at all. So that's when I read that part in his statement, I chuckled because it just didn't match what I was hearing on the ground. So I thought that was fascinating that he did that. He tried to throw in, throw one more person under the bus. It's just bizarre. He's a hundred percent in the wrong here. And you've got to go out with some class at this point. I don't understand why you go out with the res resignation letter like that. But I want to talk about right. bribery because I think a lot of American citizens are concerned. Your time as the chairwoman in Arizona's Republican Party, did you see things like this often? Is this something that's happening more often than just, you know, this this one situation? Or um, is this just like just one random, uh, right. how do I say, is this one random thing? Um, you know, the people didn't ever really try to bribe me other than <laughs> Jeff, uh, you know, kind of Finally, um, when he was working for Jim Lehman, he he called. He wanted to offer me enticements, monetary enticements, to, to get the Trump endorsement for his candidate, Jim Lehman. And I told him that I felt like that was trying to bribe me to do something, that I would never capitalize on my relationship and exploit my relationship with President Trump for a candidate. And that President Trump, I'm sure, would not appreciate people taking money and then trying to pull the wool over his eyes. Uh, and and so that kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. But I do know that these things go on with other people uh, across the board. I think I proved what kind of of uh, fortitude and spine that I had when I was in the legislature, because I, from that time, people, you know, important the Chamber of Commerce coming in and telling me that they didn't like what I was saying. They didn't like how I was saying it. And they hoped that we were going to have a long lasting relationship. And my coming back and firing and saying, uh, you know, you guys aren't my constituents. And if my people that put me here don't like what I say and how I say it, then they'll elect someone else. There'll be someone else sitting here and I'll go home and I'll do a job that I love being a physician. Boy, they didn't like that. They do not like being put in their place. And Carrie Lake has put that slimy part of the party in their place in such an amazing way with releasing this recording. Yeah, it had to happen. It had to happen because people wouldn't believe her if she didn't have the audio recording to back it up. And so we're thankful that right. she did that. Uh, well, I and Jeff one... did try to deny it. He tried to deny it um, before the audio came out. 
Yes, which is which is very important because she, she was on a podcast, I believe, uh, and she did mention it. And a lot of us, I, I mean, I, I believed it because I, I think I think it happens with Democrats too. When you're looking at the primary with Joe Biden in 2020, how magically you know Kamala Harris dropped out, but she ends up as VP. Pete Buttigieg ends up fixing uh, our potholes or fixing our potholes. In uh, all these people are getting all these wins. And if you look at Bernie Sanders, his his real estate portfolio just keeps getting better and better these days. So you would kind of assume that this stuff was going on. We just didn't have like the audio recordings to kind of confirm it. So it's refreshing that we do have it now. Dr. Ward, I have a question for you. The Arizona GOP is in need of a chairwoman or a chairperson these days. Uh, is that something you would reconsider jumping back on board to do? You know, I really am not. I'm not. I've I've been so humbled by so many people reaching out to me and saying, we need you back. We need you back. We need you back. But it's not really about one person. It's about building an apparatus that can reach the people and can put America first. I want to serve in an emeritus kind of capacity and help whoever does become the chair to be able to be successful. I offered that to Jeff DeWitt and to this administration. And at every turn, they just shut the door uh, in my face and did not want any help from me or any of the people who helped me to be so successful over four years. So I hope that this next go around, people can, you know, if they need help, I'm here. I'm here to do it. I just don't want to be the chair, you know, any longer. I don't need to be the chair any longer. I think someone else needs to take that uh, baton and run with it across the finish line. Yeah, I hear you on that. Well, Dr. Ward, thank you so much. Thanks for everything that you do. We really appreciate it. And I hope Arizona, I hope whoever takes the chairmanship in that one gets a reaches out. You need to to be involved in this because you were so critical at first, and it's 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 unfortunate they cut you out of it uh, after after you left in January. But they need you. It's, it's been okay. I've been enjoying my life and, and uh, having fun with my family, sailing around the world, having a, an awesome time, but keeping my finger on the pulse, what's going on so that whenever somebody needs help, I'm ready to go. I like that. I like that. Thank you, Dr. Ward. We appreciate your time. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. <gasps> when I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com after a long day of filming, I've got to somehow take off all this makeup, but make sure that I put the nutrients back into my skin that it desperately needs. So I found this new skincare line. I have to tell you all about it. Givaderm is all natural products. I use it twice a day. I use it in the morning and I also use it before I go to bed. First up, we have this clay cleanser. This is amazing because it takes up all of your makeup and it smells good too. Vitamin C is so important for brightening your skin. I also used to get super bad acne, and so it's helping, um, I guess, kind of like blending my acne scars a little bit so they're not so bright anymore. Here it is, it's the vitamin C serum. Just little pumps and put it on. 
And then don't forget your neck. Now moving on to step three. That is their uplift serum. You don't have to do that much. So many times I have like these high-end products and I'm clogging my pores and you can see it. It's literally always around here and around my nose area. But for some reason, maybe it's just because it's natural and it's not all that garbage chemicals that are into it. It seems to clear it up so well. Step four, it's the bamboo mist. It feels so amazing on your skin. I mean, you could literally name all these products that are in it. Definitely also like a cooling. And then this one, it's called Nourish. It's like this amazing cream, super light. You don't need that much of it. And always make sure you get under the eye area, not in your eyes. Givaderm has done miracles for my skin. I highly recommend it to everyone, men and women, because guess what happens if you don't take care of your skin? It looks like you're aging quicker than what you really are aging. Natural products all made in the USA. They don't support any of the garbage that comes out of China. It's not gonna be found in your products. I promise you that. You have to get this product. Click down the link below. Givaderm is the product name and the promo code for 10% off right now is Brianna. Earlier today, former Trump trade advisor Peter Navarro was just sentenced to four months in prison. Sadly, the Department of Injustice got their way with the sentence. It's just, it's heartbreaking. There's no other way to describe it. Peter Navarro is a very sweet man. He is a patriot. He loves this country. Some of the best policies that come out of the, the Trump administration, this man was behind them. And that is why they're going after him. Now, earlier today, after being sentenced, Peter Navarro spoke and while protesters tried drowning him out with air horns and it's obnoxious, but I just wanted to share with you guys the words that Navarro had reflecting on the four-month sentence. So what I'm going to do is uh, say a few words, and I'm going to have um, uh, several of these fine attorneys uh, behind me uh, say a few words. Uh, but <clears throat> the, the top line here is that... Uh, Knock it off. Mr. Uh, where, yeah, the top line here is that uh, Mr. Woodward has already filed the appeal uh, in this case. This is a case of first impressions that I have said from day one is destined for the Supreme Court. It is a case that really asks the important question of whether a senior White House aide and alter ego of the president can be compelled to testify by Congress. And this is where we're at. Unfortunately, um, the opposition behind us won't let this be heard, but we're going to do our best here. Uh, the one The scumbag behind Peter Navarro with the Harry Dunn for Congress is very laughable because Harry Dunn is a police officer who lied, allegedly, during the Oath Keepers trial. And now he's running for Congress because, of course, those are the kind of people you promote when you're a member of the Democrat Party. And so that's what they're doing there. But ultimately, Peter Navarro is going to prison, likely, because of the fact that he stood up to these scumbags. Ultimately, Navarro is a great patriot. But he wanted to implement his executive or, uh, his executive power that the president has and, and not go before Congress. And that's exactly what right he does have. And unfortunately, when you're in front of a D.C. jury, your odds of getting out on the other side of this are pretty slim to none. 
And unfortunately, the illegitimate J6 committee got their way. It's upsetting. It really, really is. Now, they did subpoena him. And like I said, he shouldn't have had to go in front of this fraudulent committee. But again, they're saying he had to. And so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out through the appeal process. But I want to remind our audience, the Department of Justice was originally seeking six months in prison for this man. Six months. This is the same DOJ that slaps people on the wrist for violent But Peter Navarro, well, they thought he deserved six months in jail for not going amongst these scumbags. And let's just, let's just face it. I say it all the time, but ultimately, Democrats want to empty They want to empty prisons and fill them with their political opposition. That's what you're seeing here, folks. They're doing it to Peter Navarro. They're doing it to Steve Bannon. And well, I promise you something, it's not going to stop there. It's going to keep going on. Now, it's also interesting to note that the judge in Peter Navarro's case is none other than Obama appointee, Judge Mehta. This is the one who just sentenced Navarro to four months in prison. Now, we're going to see in a couple of days if Navarro can wait of the jail, you know, not be brought into prison uh, for his appeal process, we will soon find out, likely next week. But ultimately, railroad job from top to bottom. All of these people have completely weaponized every single federal agency, as we tell you all the time. And they are targeting great American citizens like Peter Navarro, who have done our country so much good. And it's extremely unfortunate. And yet it's going to happen. Now, if you're sitting at home wondering how you could help Peter Navarro, he does have a Give, Send, Go page set up. So over to givesendgo.com forward slash Navarro. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now, Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A.
Welcome back. We're ready for our economic update with none other than Dr. Kirk Elliott. Dr. Kirk Elliott, what's going on? Amazing news for silver, like literally the biggest I have ever seen. Um, And I've been doing this for a long time, since like 2002. Well, we've lived in a world where silver has been manipulated, right? And we've talked about this numerous times, how the big banks like JP Morgan, when they need to buy silver, for example, to um, fund or, you know, have silver backing the silver ETF, they, they short, do naked short positions. They drive the price down, they gobble up physical silver, and then the price goes up because of all the demand. Then the price gets high. They, they issue more short contracts, buy silver at the lower prices, drives the price up. This has been going on for decades. And even with that, though, we've seen silver in the year 2000 was $4.50. In 2020, it was $11.91. Um, you know, let's see, last year, about 13, 14 months ago, we were sitting at about $17.97. Today, it's a little over 22. Two big things happened. So, no doubt, silver has grown over those decades, even with manipulation of the markets through short contracts, right? Nobody can discount that growth. It's amazing from $4.50 to 22 over that time span with manipulation, okay? Now, the price today, as I record this, is just a little over 22 I was talking to a, a very good friend of mine, technical trader kind of guy, and I'm not a technical trader. I could care less, right? But because fundamentals always drive the markets. It's inflationary pressures, uh, political chaos, geopolitical conflict, interest rate cycles. All of that drives the gold and silver with supply and demand because it's a manufacturing metal. So I was looking at the fundamentals. But there's this harmonic convergence in technical trading where where at 22, it, it represents like literally the the best buying opportunity in years. So that's one big thing we have going for us. But here's the biggest news I have seen. None of us that are really alive right now for for all intents and purposes over the last couple of decades has seen a, a silver world that has not had manipulation in it. Well, just last week alone, in one week, 50% of all the net short positions of silver were extinguished. They're gone. They got rid of them. The banks unwinded, unwound their, their short positions. This is in an article entitled From Dystopia to Utopia in Gold and Silver by, by Sprout or Sprout Money. So this is really interesting because the net short positions in precious metals, they cut their net shorts in silver by 50% in one week alone. So play that out for next week. If the trend stays the same, if they do the same amount, they get rid of all short positions in two weeks. Now, I don't know if they're going to keep up with that, but the fact that they got rid of 50% in one week tells us what? The banks are afraid of silver going higher. Because if you have a short position and silver goes higher, you lose money hand over fist. It's leveraged losses, not just dollar for dollar losses. It's leveraged losses. They don't want that. So why would they? We have to ask these questions of why. Why would silver then have 50% of its net short positions extinguished, unwound in one week because they're expecting the price to go higher? Then you have this harmonic convergence of price that technical traders are looking at at the 22 level, and that's the best buying opportunity in a couple of years. This is like the culmination of a perfect storm. Everything that we've talked about for years, you know, we might be in a world pretty soon 
where there's no short positions in silver, where the markets can just run free the way that they're supposed to. This is exciting, right? This is this is really great because we haven't seen silver do poorly. I mean, you can't say 450 to $22 an ounce in the last 20 something years. That's amazing growth from 1191 to 22 in the last three and a half years. That's incredible growth. I mean, that's almost doubling in three and a half years. That's with manipulation. When the short positions are gone, that's manipulation free, right? This is this is incredible um, that what's happening. The biggest news in silver that I've seen in in my career since at least 2002, maybe even ever, because we haven't lived in a world where there hasn't been short positions and manipulation of the price. We're about to get rid of that. I mean, so, but here's the big story behind that is why? Why are they doing it? Why would they unwind their short positions? Because they're expecting silver price to go up. Wow. And we are in the right place at the right time. So if you are sitting on the sideline, still considering allocation, I would do it now. I truly would, because if this trend continues on, getting rid of those shorts, it's it's sky's the limit for, for gold and silver, both. Thank you, Dr. Kirk Elliott. Did you guys know Dr. Kirk Elliott has actually two PhDs? So he is a specialist in all of this. That's why I trust him. I go to him all the time with my silver and gold questions, and I am so happy to know him. If you guys want to get to know him and his amazing staff, you could do so. Just head over to briannagold.com. That's B-R-E-A-N-N-A gold.com. Or you can give him a call at 720-605-3900. That's 720-605-3900. And ask him all of the questions that you guys have regarding purchasing gold and silver It's a great, great way to invest. I know so because I'm doing it myself. We'll be right back. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. Under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them. 